<laughs> all the claps, all the claps in the world. Do are the claps helpful at all? Not really, but you know what I okay. find really interesting is that the last time we recorded, we were trying to get the claps in sync, but on Zoom, audio doesn't compete. So oh. we choose whichever audio is going to exist. So we can never hear you. Like you could hear my clap, but I can never hear your clap. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So completely useless. Good to well, know. I'll, I'll hear a clap, but <laughs> it's not like we can clap at the same time. No. So you couldn't line it up, which is the whole purpose of the clap is to line things it? up. Cool. Nice. Another list, put something else on the list of things I do uselessly. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Unseen Must Sees, the podcast where myself, Allison Buzner, and my beautiful, fantastic, smart, lovely co-host Kendra Timmons watch the movies that our friends, families, and people in the film industry, people in the street, anybody, have told us that we have to see these films definitely before we die. So we get it. We hear you. Here we are catching up and watching all the movies that we're supposed to. And this week's movie, if you tuned in last week, you would know is Before Sunrise, a nice little romance out of the mid nineties. What else could you possibly ask for? A lot more. <laughs> <laughs> no suspense is giving it away right off the bat. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into these types of movies. I just felt like the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like just waiting for something to happen. I knew what I was getting into, but for example, you did. I, I knew that I was getting in because I know this, this is the same director as boyhood and oh. I'm just, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this type of documentary style filmmaking. Like this is what this really felt like. Felt like we were watching what would have been a couple in 24 hours or a couple in 24 not a couple, but strangers who meet who end up falling in love. A date, in 24 a 24 hours. hour date. Yeah. And I get it. I get how that's like an acute and exciting thing to watch, but it wasn't a documentary. It was in real life. They would have maybe done more than that. I kept on wanting them to do more things. I remember they met those two actors who were talking about their cow play. Yes. And then they never went to the play. And I was actually looking forward to them going to that. Play. Yes. The pacing was slow. I can understand why this was a festival, darling. They tend to have like these for anyone who doesn't know who hasn't been to film festivals. There is a tendency for film festival films to be artistic and slow. It just it's one of those things where I think films have fallen into this trope of like they are either entertaining or they are art. I am of the personal belief that they can be both. It is funny where it's like every so often I'll refer to movies as oh this is a tip movie it's slow it's pretty it's you know there's lots to look at but it just suffers from a very slow pace and this one also suffered from some like plot issues as well where there just wasn't really one which like you I can appreciate I wanted to like it more I wanted to the idea of following two people on a date that is very like whimsical and last minute and like that's I I see the appeal it just this one didn't 
did not land for me. As you talk about the movie being beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful, but they were also in Austria. Yeah. In a gorgeous city. It was, it was, it was. It's hard not to make it beautiful at that point. Yeah. It made me want to travel. I know. Gosh, in this, in this pandemic world where you're like, man, they're going out and doing things and seeing the sights and just living in a different country sounds so romantic. And even that didn't help with the romance of the <laughs> of this movie. How did you feel about their chemistry? I think they had some because if they didn't, it would have been unwatchable. Like I got through it. I watched the whole thing, which I'm I tend to do. I'm not one of those people. I think I've only left or walked out of like two movies in my entire lifetime. Do you remember though what those movies were called? One of them was a Superman movie. And it was one of those movies that came out the same year that another Superman movie came out. But it was like about Christopher Reeve's life. And I think Ben Affleck was in it. Why and is he in those movies? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I remember see, like going to the theater to see it and was like excited about it and walked out because there was no conflict. I just, I vaguely remember like this scene where they're waking up in the morning and he's reading the newspaper and his wife comes in and is like, what's happening? in the news and he's like nothing and she's like okay (laughs) and like it just was so like nothing happened and I got to the point where I was like this is genuinely not worth my time that's the only one I like viscerally remember leaving the theater Mm -hmm. I'll have to look up what it was called it was like Hollywoodland or something something along those lines well Kendra would you and on a whim get off a train with a strange man in a strange city with no money and the definitely not going to be sleeping. Would you get off the train? No, this That's is a hard how fucking pass. This is how horror movies start. Yes. The charismatic guy who you think is super great suggests that you cancel all your plans yeah. and get off where you're supposed to be going without any form of communication with the people who know where you are. Like, there were there were many moments in this where I was like, this does not stand up. This nope. is no longer like at the time. Was it romantic? Maybe I don't know, but it certainly isn't now. It was cringy, like even their intros and like it, their initial conversation. And maybe it was supposed to be maybe it was supposed to really display the awkwardness that is a first date and trying to figure a person out. And maybe my standards are sky high, but this guy would not have passed any tests. Not in 100 years. First of all, I get it's the 90s, but it's summer in Vienna. Why are you wearing that leather jacket, my dude? (laughs) What's up with the leather jacket? What's under that leather jacket? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Scary as shit. And I wonder if you hated it as much as the sound guys hated it. (laughs) I'm sure that leather, every time they made out, it's just like crunch, 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 crunch. Yeah. Every movement that he made, I was like, oh, sound. I felt for you sound guys who worked on this movie it was actually ethan hawk's leather jacket it's his own personal leather jacket and i can just imagine i don't know <laughs> ethan hawk i hope i get to meet him one day i think he's a fantastic actor i hope we get to work together and if we do um, don't listen to this episode ethan but I bet he was like, you know what? I really feel like this character would have a leather jacket. And he decided on day one, I'm going to have my leather jacket. And then he probably immediately regretted it because she's in a t-shirt. That's how warm it is. They sleep outside. What the fuck is with the leather jacket? Yeah, I don't even remember him taking it off at any point. Takes it off in the train when they start having these stupid conversations about like women. I don't even remember. Or no, he asked her a really personal question. Like, what was the first time you felt Oh, like, yes. Really attracted to somebody. And then she tells this story about a swimmer. And then she's like, 
when were you in love? And he was like, nope. <laughs> yes. I was like, how dare you ask her a question and then refuse to answer hers and then say it's on the grounds that, oh, well, sexual attraction isn't a big deal, but love is. Uh... They're not different in terms of confessing personal information about yourself. Also, that was a very lovely story that she told you about. She called him a dolphin, like the guy that she was attracted yes. to. Because he shaved dolphin. all his hair off. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny, but that was a very lovely story she told you, friend, but it could have gone anyway. It could have been like, well, when I was six, my grandpa came into my room and that was the first time I was attracted to an older. Like it could have gone anywhere. Sexual Terribly. attraction. Yes. So personal. Your first. Also, I love experience. that his response. His response was I was a swimmer. I swim where I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. How many more red flags can he toss up? in the air throw around at you i know i know Ugh. and the fact that like they didn't know each other's name before getting off the train i was just kind of like the conversation was so brief that you didn't even get to each other's names i don't know yeah not for me i'm also like a big skeptic when it comes to love and romance and all that kind of stuff if it's too good to be true my friend it is yeah, it's really tough. I think it's especially tough to pull off in movies too because there's always that criticism of movies make romance. Movies are ruining relationships because real relationships aren't like the movies. And I think there is some valid points to be made there where it's a movie. It's designed to be heightened. It's designed to be, mm -hmm. you know, the best part or yeah, there is something it's about escapism in a lot of ways. So yes, of course it's going to be. And this, I think this is a perfect movie example of like why it needs to be because the mundane date is not that interesting and it's kind of cringy and even the makeouts there is something there is an art form to making a makeout look good on camera and they did not do it in this one no I was watching the makeout going those look like two birds feeding each other yeah there's a lot of open mouth yeah and like regurgitation tongue I was <laughs> not interested I didn't want to I didn't, honestly didn't look no it's but kind of but to be honest my own wedding photos I thought the exact same thing I was like Sean looks like he's baby birding me right now <laughs> so I, I know it's, it's, tough. it's a difficult thing to do it is a tough thing where it's it's one of those classic things for camera where it has to be almost analyzed or like it needs to be less than because it looks like more than like there is certainly a way that you can do it because I've seen romantic kisses on film where you're just like oh it's beautiful and it's sweet and it gives you warm fuzzies, but it, there is a balance. And I don't know what it was here. Maybe it was they were leaning for realism because I feel like a lot of their conversations felt that way to yeah. me, at least like the dialogue. I, that's all there was. That's all this movie relied on was the dialogue between these two people because they were the only people we really got to meet. I think I couldn't tell it felt in a lot of moments and I could be wrong and maybe it was just really good natural performance, but it felt like there were a lot of moments that were even improv. The The whole movie was improv. Was it? Okay. Basically, I read up about the film just a little bit before, like after watching it and Ethan Hawke and I forgot Julia Delphi? Last name? Delphi. They basically improv the entire thing and they were actually disappointed that they weren't uh, considered, they didn't get a writing credit for the right. film because it was all mostly improv 
And yeah, I can see that they like they would outline the scene, be like, okay, well, in this scene, you're talking about this. Like maybe in those questions, let's ask each other a question scene. It was like the questions were written out, but the answers weren't, or like it was just like a vague framework that they yeah. filled in because it felt like they repeated themselves a lot. Yep. There were lots of things that they brought up in weird ways. Like I think I have a note some we're here where it just seemed really strange that she brought up she brought up something twice and the second time she brought it up it was like she was bringing it up for the first time and I remember noting that it was really weird and unfortunately my memory can't it was the same conversation said differently all the time yes I, okay you found out that he the reason why he was in Europe in general was because he had a girlfriend and he went to go visit her and they broke up that was like pretty much the only true character development that was the thing that I found really frustrating because when you're wanting to do a piece like this like an Oscar this is very Oscar-y and so when you want to do a piece like this I'm like okay we're going into full-on character development we're going into two people falling in love we're going to really find out about them but we we didn't no we, we found out about like a little bit of family a little yeah. bit their past more more for her than for him yeah I felt how long is this film? Like, I feel like I should know these people inside it. It was an hour and 41 minutes. Yeah. Because I checked the time frequently throughout (sighs) watching. I felt like I should know how they take a shit after this. Like, if this is what we're, if we're there just talking, I should know their toothpaste that they use every day or like how many times they like to brush their teeth. I should know what kind of nail polish she uses and what color, all that kind of stuff. But I knew none of it. And that's what was so annoying. I was like, dude, you're making me watch this thing. But, you know, knowing that there are three of these and knowing boyhood very well, this is just this director's style. He enjoys making these pieces where he watches people age and then gets to develop story through time. Yeah. And I would love to talk to somebody who... I would like to talk to somebody who thinks that this film is really good. Yeah, who really enjoyed it, who really got a lot out of the experience. Because I can, I, there were lots of times where the concept was really interesting to me. Or I was like, I Which like part? this. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of simplicity. Like, I like the idea that we're going to follow two people on a date. Because I don't know about you, but I've been on dates, probably more so when I was younger, that just lasted forever you would start going to the movies and then you would meet up ahead of the movie to get snacks and then you would go to the movie then after the movie it was like okay well what do you want to do now like I've had dates end in parks at 1 a.m and just that desire and that need to want to know the person and carry on like you don't want it to end like that feeling I think wanting to try and capture that is cool but this just and I don't know whether it was because it was dated or because I found Ethan Hawke's character to be particularly awful like don't get me wrong she was flawed as well she had a lot of of moments or red flags particularly the only interesting scene in the movie where they're playing pinball which I thought was great because you could tell they were like we're gonna go through the scene and you're just gonna switch playing pinball whenever it happens and whenever you lose so they were actively trying to have a conversation while playing but she for the first time kind of displayed like this competitive anger where she was like swearing every time she lost and then reeled into this story about breaking up with an ex and then writing a short story or a poem about what it would be like to murder him and how to get away with it and then telling her therapist and having her therapist tell her she thought she could actually do it and I was like oh my gosh is this gonna turn into a horror movie where this woman brutally murders him and it could have and it would have been wildly interesting she had her issues as well but there was just so much about Ethan Hawke's character that I was like there's no way a level-headed intelligent woman would be into this to the point where I 
Googled to see, cause I was like, there's no way this could have been written by a woman. There's no way. And, but knowing that they improved a little bit and brought their own thing kind of makes more sense now mm-hmm. where Ethan Hawke was trying to be this guy, this cool guy. And I think it just came off so like, I have a giant capitalized note that says this guy is awful. Cause just everything mm. was, oh, well, your opinion is stupid. And the, the palm reading scene where yes. the palm reader comes up to her and says like, oh you're this fantastic woman and blah 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 and she's like oh by the way you're right you know he is learning and then he gets insulted because that was condescending and I'm like why couldn't you just allow her why did you have to diminish this amazing moment for this woman where this random person just gave her an outstanding compliment and made her feel good but for one second you felt a little bit bad because you're immature and a douche. You had to diminish the entire experience because of that millisecond that you were you were part of it. Did you want to be, like she said, did you want to be fully part of it? Because was it just not the attention was fully on you in that moment? Yeah, she does call him on it, which I appreciated. Yeah, but many times throughout this film, I was like, he's looking at her tits. He's, when she was like, I don't think we should have sex. And he was like, well, then I think we should see each other. I was, he... A lot of women that I know date losers at one point in their life who have nothing going on in their life and that they need to basically guide. And I I think that I don't want to say that all women end up with a guy like that at some point in their life, but I think it's important to experience a man like that where you're their world and and you have to make decisions for the both of you so that you truly understand what you want in life or the other person can evolve to the next phase of their lives. I've met ton, tons of actual people in relationships like that, but I don't know if it was just pure attraction to him or because there's so many things that they talked about in which he sounded like just a dipshit. My and favorite she- was he was mm-hmm. like my girlfriend broke up with me because she asked me to criticize her and I did and like she can't take criticism and like isn't that terrible and he criticized her and somehow she was the bad guy for criticizing him like it was the weirdest turnaround where I was like and also all you're doing is criticizing like oh that palm reader's stupid and this is that's a silly way of looking at things and I was just like she didn't have I don't think she asked you for that criticism sir I think you handed that to her voluntarily and then she dumped you and somehow you need to make up a story also when he was talking about monkeys and and like fucking and how if there was one woman and 90 guys there would only be one baby but if there was like 99 women and one guy they would there would be 99 babies how fucking stupid is that conversation and she kept on talking about killing yeah and I I was like is this where this is going because if it is I'm very interested at the beginning I thought he was going to kill her Mm -hmm. because just the creepiness of get off this train yeah but then also when they got onto the like bus or whatever in Vienna he was like looking at her in a way that I was kind of like "Mm, he's he's wondering what her face would look like on his face. But (laughs) then when she brought up the whole poem about how she would kill her boyfriend, I was like, oh, this is just like a prelude to she's going to dismember him. Yes, it's a switch. You thought it was him. Now it's going to be her. Way more interesting than the actual movie. That would have been that would have been interesting. There's a lot of things, too. And maybe the improv was part of that. And we talked about this a little bit already, but that idea that like things would happen early in the movie and then never pay off like the play. I was like, I want to see that guy dressed as a cow at this weird late night theater where there's two people in the audience. I was looking forward to that. And the whole time 
I'm going, oh, now they're at the Ferris wheel. They said the Ferris wheel was close to the play. Okay, the play is going to be coming up next. I can't wait. <laughs> and then all we got was them like laying around outside a fountain being like, oh, hey, remember that play? Oh, we missed it. Oh, no. And I was like, it's not, oh, no. It is a travesty. Those two people, you were like, what should I do? And they told you and you ignored them. And that is so disrespectful. <laughs> And, and as someone it, who's had to hawk terrible fringe plays, you let them down. Never mind that. They were so entertaining. Like <laughs> when they approached those two people on the the actors on the bridge, they said, oh, sorry, do you speak English? And they said, oh, well, we wish someone around here would speak German or something like that. And it was it, I I there were so many moments where I laughed out loud <laughs> at ridiculous things. That was a moment in which I laughed out loud on purpose because that was a joke, but I was laughing out loud at his jacket. I was laughing out loud at like, you know, the phone calls and remember See, the that was the only call? scene I liked. That was the only scene I liked because it felt that felt like a romance movie to me. This yeah. idea that we can tell each other how we feel through this trope that I personally had never seen done before, where I was like, this is the only scene to me that feels like what the trailer told me I was going to get. And you know what? They, cause they briefly wrote scenes, right? So they, yeah. they wrote, so no, they wrote a script. They wrote a script, but <laughs> they would get to set and then it felt kind of weird. And that scene just wasn't working at all. So that was completely Ethan Hawke and what's her name again? Julie I Delphi. don't remember. I have such a hard time remembering it. Julie Delphi's idea was just to do that phone call thing. Brilliant. You know what this this film felt like? It felt like improv class. Not to be funny, but because I've done improv just just to do improv. But you're like, okay, you're in a pool hall and you need to talk about your mother dying, but you have to play pool. Continue to play pool. That's what it felt like. It just felt like you yeah. need to get to a point, but you also had to do an activity. Yes. And it just felt it just felt like acting. It, honestly, it felt like I was watching just actor, good just actors. Study. They were yep. very good, but it just felt like an acting class that I was just watching and and um, was tired watching it. I was like, when is this over? Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think again, I liked the concept. This is the actually. I have a note in here that says I don't say this often, but this movie could use a remake. This is a movie that I think could be updated. It is so dated and it's so problematic, but I like the idea. I like the concept of following people on that date that you just don't want to end. And I think there's more in it that this movie did not get, that didn't get at. Either because they weren't as likable as I wanted, which I hate that word because it's just, it's not human. Mm. But I don't know what it is. Maybe I don't know how to articulate it, but this is a movie where if someone was like, we're remaking Before Sunrise, I would be like, okay, cool. Versus, no, you can't do that. You can't touch this. And I think that's kind of the difference between like, in my mind anyway, a good movie and a movie that didn't quite get there. But this movie is so critically acclaimed and people- That's wild about to it. me. I know. And I would love to talk to someone who's like a actual film critic because maybe I'm more of like the general population, but there's no way anyone that I know who would make it through this film. I, I don't know what it is about the film that maybe I'm just not getting or seeing or I don't understand. Maybe I'm I'm not as savvy enough. I, I'll take that. I know that this is probably one of the most like lasting experiences for these two actors because it certainly yeah, it was like a very methody. You can tell that they, you know, oh, I would be in this movie in a heartbeat. They probably fucked each other at some point. <laughs> I'm sure. 
Like it, it just seemed like that. I would be in this film also in a heartbeat for sure. For sure. Travel. Well, it just seems like you're truly diving into the art of acting. This really felt like this is a piece of acting. This isn't a film. This isn't, a, this is just let's do the fucking thing as actors. A huge part, which a lot of the time you watch films and you go, hmm. You know, like the cinematography was gorgeous and the sound and blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe they thought about this and that. And wow, did you did you know that twist happened in the story? A lot of the time, it's a very big ensemble, as we've spoken about before. This mm-hmm. didn't feel like an ensemble. This felt like they just put a camera on two people and then the thing happened and, yeah. and we watched it. Yeah, even the cinematography, like it, it was beautiful, like we talked about, because it was this beautiful town in Europe. But I also think it was grounded in reality. Like that's what I would expect. Like they didn't over romanticize the place Mm-hmm. It was very much like, oh, what do we do? Okay, well, I guess we'll go do this and we'll check that out. And this might be fun. Like it wasn't the perfect Vienna trip. Like it wasn't that, which I thought was cool that they made this city look beautiful while also being mundane. And also I know it's really not necessarily as interesting to watch simpler emotions like happy love because a lot of the time when we're watching these types of films, they're very rooted in depression, anxiety. And watching, you know, some, an actor just melt away into this, you know, devastating moment is really, really captivating sometimes because we don't always get to express those feelings. So I know that it is more difficult, at least for me as an actor, I find it a lot more difficult to portray pure happiness and moments of love, especially when you're not in love with somebody. But that being said, this was not the love story of the century, these two individuals. I can off my head think of so many more moments or films that I've seen where I've really felt the love between the two people and like Titanic. I mean, you you really like, as soon as you, you, you saw those two actors, Leo and Kate Winslet on screen, you felt the spark between them that they almost couldn't be away from each other. And I don't know if that was chemistry or if that was, you know, directing or whatever, but it was palpable between the Mm -hmm. two of them and for the entire film. And even though that film is three hours, it's a masterpiece of love. Yes. This is not that. And again, is there, is there val is that valid because of the criticism that movies make love out to be this crazy thing? And really it's just a long date that's kind of awkward sometimes and you give and you take, like I see that as well. I did feel for them when they were saying goodbye. I was like, yeah, this, I can understand why this is like sad, but you're right. There was no, the, the chemistry certainly wasn't burning. No, there was effort. It was, it, they were actively making the effort to figure out what they liked about one another, which maybe leans to that realism that this director and this writer really likes. But to me, it just, it felt flat. Yeah. You know, I've traveled and a lot of the time when you end up in a a traveling situation, there's, you end up having like these romances when you go to a place with some random person that you're never going to see ever again. And they're always so intense. And that's why Mm -hmm. I felt like that's what we're getting. And that's what we were kind of set up for when he said, get off the train with me and let's spend 24 hours together. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that person you met (laughs) when you went on that one trip and that one time where you had those moments and it would have never worked, but you know, you couldn't keep your hands off each other. And, um, you know, he spewed poetry all night long to you and yes, so romantic. 
romantic, but he also kind of smelled like whiskey and cigarettes. And for some reason, you found that to be absolutely shivering down your spine. Sexy. That was like that was the scene where they were in the listening booth. And he kept on looking at her tits. And she would look away and then they would look away. It was almost like there was a director being like, not yet, not yet, not yet. Keep holding. Where I was like, bro, she got off the train. Yeah. Like she's not not into you. Like you could go for a kiss anytime now. Honestly, and like she's off the train at that point. Close the door, bang in the sound booth. Who yeah, cares? like, yeah, you're right. There wasn't any of that. Like, this is so intense. No, you know, sometimes when you meet someone which that, that was with Sean for me. You meet someone where the chemistry, there's obviously attraction. You are attracted to people. There's people that you meet every day that you're attracted to, but you wouldn't necessarily have sexual encounters with. But then there are people that you may physically be like, I don't know what that is, but there's like a chemical attraction as well, where you're like, yeah. we shouldn't even physically hold hands because I know in two seconds, we're just it's over and done with. Yeah. And how I felt with Sean when we first met was like that, where I was like, I shouldn't even touch you because I know, I know what this is. And this is, this is nature. They didn't yeah. have that at all. They no. didn't have that whatsoever. And that's what they needed. And if you were yeah. holding back because you were like, I don't think like if we touch it, it's a game over. Well, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's all that's, I have to say. I was going to say, it sums it up for me as well. Um, okay, so we'll move into Two Truths and a Lie. Yeah. Now, as this film is very boring, these are also quite boring. So oh, sad. no. So the two actors that we met on the bridge who were in the cow play, so they were actual actors and they were actually okay. in a play about a cow. So that's okay. my first one. Second, Linklater, Richard Linklater. That's, is that how you say his last name? Link, Linklater? I couldn't tell you. Okay, whatever. I trust you. Sure. I love that you trust me. <laughs> I just need to, I want to reiterate to everybody because I'm the one who edits the podcasts. I know that I pronounce things very wrong. And I know that I don't remember people's names and all that kind of stuff. I just want to let you all know I am severely dyslexic and that is a symptom of dyslexia. So if I'm pronouncing people's names wrong or saying succession instead of successful, very sorry. Anyway, so I'm going to say um, Linklater because that's what I'm going to say. Okay, so Linklater invited the two actors to his house after he casted them. So they, he invited them to her house and they spent 14 hours rehearsing, talking, getting to know each other. And then a month later, they all went to Vienna for three weeks to do intense rehearsals and rewrites. Lastly, my last is Richard Linklater auditioned over 10,000 women to play Celine. Ooh. And the reason why Julie ended up getting the role was because Ethan Hawke ended up convincing him into it. Okay. So those are my two truths and a Oh, see, I think those are all very good. Mm -hmm. I would say those are all true. Like if if someone was just spouting off facts about this film, I'd be like, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I okay, this is gonna be this is gonna sound mean, but I mean it in the kindest possible way. That the idea that that much rehearsal went into this, I do I don't know. It just seems like a lot of work for something that ended up being still quite loose and improv. Like I feel I can understand wanting to have like a long conversation about it, but just to rehearse for three weeks, that seems like a lot for what ended up on film. I want those two actors to have been in a cow play and I want them to have been deeply offended that it wasn't used in the film. Oh. 
I don't know, Allison. I feel like, okay, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. That I think the last one is a lie. I think. Kendra. What? You're so good at this. (gasps) Ah! (laughs) I did not get last week's. You didn't? No, I didn't. Oh, you fooled me with Tarantino and and Spielberg. So I feel, I don't. But you are so good at this. (sighs) Oh. You are so good at this. Yeah, I just made up the last one. I, it, I, but, it but genuinely, but genuinely, that was just a gut instinct because that also could have been true. There's no, I know that Jennifer Aniston and Gwyneth Paltrow both auditioned to for the role, but I also I know that he wasn't sure about Ethan Hawke, even though after this film, Richard and Ethan ended up doing like. I think 10 different productions together. Yeah. So they're a nice little collab team, which is lovely. That's kind of what you hope for. I'll take Anderson. I was going to say Anderson Cooper. I will take Wes (laughs) Anderson though. Oh, yes. Um, Because his films are just (gasps) beautiful. We don't have one on the list. Do we not have one on the list? Wow. I think because we've seen them. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's that's the problem. We both have have to have not seen them. And I feel like I've seen most, if not all of the West. Yeah, I've seen all and many times. Yeah. So he wasn't sure about Ethan Hawke. He thought he was too young for the role. I disagree. I think he was perfectly. I mean, I don't really know what he was going for, but I think he was perfectly cast for what he did. I think so too. If that's who the character was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, this film is based off of Richard Linklater had an experience like this huh. when he was visiting his sister in somewhere in the States, like Seattle or something. Not Seattle, but somewhere like that. And he ended up meeting this woman at 6 p.m. and they, or something like that, the, at, in the evening. And then they spent the entire night together just walking around the city. And Aww. then, so this is based off of his experience. But that woman, that woman, I I don't remember what her name is she was I think Swedish and it didn't last the relationship because the same thing like they said in the film you know it just fizzles out long distance is really difficult yeah but she actually passed away before this film even started shooting because oh. she got into an accident in a, a motorcycle oh, that's devastating I mean it felt it felt like it came from a genuine place and I appreciated that at the end of the movie they didn't like she didn't get back off the train like there wasn't that cheesy romance thing of like it'll never work goodbye and then them being like no it will and then coming back together and like moving to Vienna and starting a family you know like I appreciated that there was a finality and then obviously there were sequels so maybe there wasn't. Are you gonna watch Before Sunset? No no I'm not. You're not curious what happens there, to the two of them? You know what? I'm not that curious. Not enough to... There's part of me where I'd be like, maybe he's grown as a person, I hope. But that's the only thing I would want to see. I think in the second film, he actually wrote a book about their experience. I don't um, think that they ever re-met up with each other six months later. Okay. I think that he's on a press tour or something for his book that he wrote about her. Could they end up meeting up randomly? And okay, that's kind of interesting. But interesting not. not to watch. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I mean, I'm not going to say no. If someone if someone's like, hey, this is the movie I'm going to put on. Are you down? I'd be like, okay. I'm not angry at it. Is there it. anything else you want to watch or <laughs> what are, are there other options? options? Yeah. What are our options? Can we watch Muppet Treasure Island for the hundredth <gasps> time? Yes, we can. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. Well done. That was I'm sorry, I feel like I ruined your fun. No, it's fun. Every time I get it. No, I Me love doing it. I oh. love that they were real actors. Yeah. I, I'm also extraordinarily disappointed that the only two people who had actual character names were the leads. Everyone else was just yeah. 
person on bridge, person sleeping in train. Yeah, maybe they, that was the point. They they had to be the center of their own story. The fact that you asked that question means that this movie was bad. The, the point was that they're the center of their own story. It's a fucking movie about them. Of course it's about them. You can give Doesn't, other people names. You can't give other people names in your own fucking movie about you. Jesus Christ. Mother, father, and uncle, named unknown. Story of my life. Allison. Yes, but I have a name. I have three of them. <laughs> they call me Ali Al Buzner. End <laughs> film roll credits. <laughs> <gasps> I love it. Sweevon next. Are we going into day player? Or are we going doing musties? Musties. Okay, I'll do the musties then. Let's pull her up. Pull her up. Pull her up. Pull her up. All right, before sunrise. Here we are. All right, you're starting off, Kendra. On the page, how do you feel about the plot? There wasn't one. Nope. So it can have a one. Okay. Because it's not like, it's not like there isn't one in terms of I couldn't, like if someone said to me, what is the plot of this movie? I could say it's about a first day. Like there's an answer, but it's not a good one. It's not, it's not plot driven. Well, we'll say that. Sure. Character breakdown. Character breakdown. You know what? This is a conflicting one because I didn't like his character, but but he had one. Yeah. You know, like you had, an opinion I had a reaction. It was, it, yeah, it was determined. It wasn't blank. There were, it was fully formed. I think mm-hmm. we didn't get a ton of backstory. So I would give that a seven. Whoa. Is that too you. high? I'm not going that high. Dialogue. It's all there was. And sure. similarly with dialogue, that's all this movie was. I didn't think it was the strongest. Like I said, they repeated themselves a lot. You could tell that there was improv because it was kind of back and forth. There were a few scenes that I thought had interesting lines. I liked the phone call stuff. So I think this also gets a seven. Okay. So that brings you to a, a grand total of five. Mm-hmm. So for plot, I can't give a zero, so I'll give a one. Uh, Character breakdown, like I said, I was hoping to know a lot more about them before the end of the film, so I'm going to give it a four. Dialogue, I was impressed by their banter back and forth at times, but I found that mm, a lot of the, it wasn't, it wasn't like we were finding out anything it, you know what? The dialogue sometimes felt like, let's have interesting conversations on screen that people are going to talk about later. It didn't feel like they were actually talking about anything that they necessarily, the characters want to talk about. It just felt like, let's have this monkey fuck shit situation come up. Go for it. Yeah. And they just talked about it. So I was like, whatever. So I'm going to give it a five, which brings me to a total of 3.33. Yep. All right. It's not going well. So no. sorry. Ethan we Hawk. didn't we didn't think it would. I know. Ethan Hawk, I, I think you're handsome. And I think that if you want me to be in a movie with you, I'd do it for sure. I just want to say <laughs> that. Okay. And just for and, the record. For and the record. Link later. Listen, I'm probably saying your last name wrong, but get that's it. That's endearing. You know? That's that's charming. I, yeah. I I I would, you know, this is probably anti. <laughs> this is probably like anti socializing not socializing but you know when you go to like a schmoozing schmoozing yeah this is like the anti schmooze (laughs) but whatever what are are you gonna do what are we gonna do if if someone i want to work with can't respect me for my opinion i know kendra you're just such a it's tough you know it's a well-rounded person (laughs) i wouldn't fault them for their opinion of me i've been terrible in some things if they came up to me and were like that thing you did was was not great i'd be like that's fair. You know, I feel like I want to work with people 
who also have that kind of perspective. And every time, and there wasn't I nothing. Feel, I know, but every there time was skill I feel here. Like I, like I just said, like the anti schmooze. Just repeat exactly what you said, and then I'll feel better because yes. you're absolutely right. As an actor, you get some form of control, and I want to be in things that I'm proud of and that I'm looking forward to. And listen, if I was in this film, I probably would be extremely proud of being in it because this experience was probably memorable, yeah. overwhelming, life changing. It created a bond and a, a collaborative exactly. thing between Linklater and, and Hawk that, that is has been fantastic. There is always something positive that can be taken from a project. Yep. And I firmly have to believe that. Yep. But it does mean that, you know, everybody wants to watch it. True. Sorry. Uh, okay. So on the screen, production value. So for me, I would say, oh, this one's hard because I do think the skill that it took to put this together, because I bet this was a movie that took like three weeks just to make. And it was quick and it was like everyone was on their toes, probably really low budget. And in terms of the value of cinematography and things like that, I don't think it was lacking anywhere. This film I cost $2 million. <gasps> no, it didn't. Absolutely. Why? I don't know. Oh, well, that's upsetting. It's not upsetting. It's... It's great. If you can get that budget to make what you want, fantastic. But that does surprise me. I would give it an eight because I think the efforts of the crew, like I loved with the exception of the leather jacket that made the sound department's job a nightmare, which was not sound's fault. And I think they did great with what they had. I thought the, I thought the costumes were great on everyone. I loved the makeup. I loved the lack of makeup. Like I loved- You're being so nice, Kendra. I mean, I don't fault production for this. Okay. That's not what took me out of it that's not what why i didn't like it acting and casting i think this is also tough because there were a lot of moments where i was like what why are we doing this i would say i would give this one a seven and directing directing oh this one's gonna be low for me i think because and he probably made the movie he wanted to make he did, like there's absolutely. no doubt there's no doubt in my mind this is the movie he wanted to make he wanted to make a statement but for me it just didn't land like the fact that repeating dialogue in the improv wasn't caught and you know that there wasn't a, an encouragement to be more passionate or more this or more that like it felt like the thing floated around a lot but I appreciate that it came from a personal place I would probably give that a four okay production value I'm going very differently I never had a moment in which I went wow that camera angle's weird or like I never had a moment where I was being taken out because of production value, which a lot of other films that that can happen, but there wasn't much production value. Like we said, you're in Austria. It's gorgeous. You don't really have to work very hard on that. Potentially you have to work hard on lighting and stuff like that. Costumes, they wore the same costumes. They didn't really <laughs> wear makeup, whatever, you know, like it, it was fine. It was fine. It didn't take yeah. me out, but it wasn't anything that I, you know, when I think of do the right thing where it felt everything very, everything felt very intentional. And then there's this, I mean, they're not even on the same playing field for me. Yeah. So I'm go with a five for that acting wise and casting. I don't know who could have done it. Like maybe, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet could have made this movie into something really, really static aesthetics wrong word but barks fly make it make it yes. really um enthralling but so maybe casting wasn't great I don't really know but that all being said I thought that they did a I thought they did a good job that's what it was it was acting we yeah. watched acting and if 
like I said, it felt like an acting class, felt like I was watching acting classes. So I don't know. I'll also give that a seven. In terms of directing, I feel like a lot of people don't know starting over. I feel like sometimes there are people who are directors who focus a lot on the acting portion of it and they don't necessarily always care about camera angles and they don't necessarily always care about other elements and I don't agree with that. I feel like a lot of your directing job shouldn't just be, you know, kind of pushing all of the external kind of camera work and lighting and all that kind of stuff and the look and the feel to your departments. I think as a director, you're kind of the hat of it and you should be guiding the ship. But I love it. I know I use different acronyms for different <laughs> things. Hats, ships, all of The hat things. is running this ship. The hat is running the ship. <laughs> the captain, the captain of the ship. Okay, you should be the captain. No, I liked hat better. Okay, so hat. <laughs> And you should be, Sean recently also has been bringing that up that I just randomly will merge different. Um, I can see where your brain's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. Let's find out if anyone else can when they listen. <laughs> but as a director, I feel like you should have full control and a full idea, which I think he spent a lot of time wanting to capture intimacy and didn't necessarily work on a lot of the other stuff. And so for that, I'm giving directing also a four. So that brings me to a 5.33 and you to a 6.33. So Kendra, suspending reality on the brain. I mean... It didn't really. Yeah. How many times you look at your phone? How many times you look at these movies so almost many. over? <laughs> so many. I was like, I <laughs> genuinely was like, how much is left? Because it got to a point where I lost hope that something else was going to happen. You know, like when you get far enough into a movie where it's been long enough where you're like, okay, if something's going to flip the switch here and like they get robbed or they get involved in something or one of them tries to kill the other one, it would have happened by now. So once I passed... <laughs> I just was like, I got given up. (laughs) I did. I did. Then I was checking the time like every five minutes where I was like, okay, definitely nothing else is going to happen. So what else? What? How much longer could there possibly be? So I don't think this was suspended at all for me. You can't give it a one. I mean, you can't give it a zero. No, I can't. Because again, I got through it. It's not something where I was like, I am so beyond this that I need to do something else. I feel like that would warrant, like I was really not suspended. Like I knew their names. I was paying attention. Yeah, but did you not do something else during it? Were you not on your phone? Were you not knitting? No, I wasn't knitting. I was on my phone a little bit to just like, sometimes just Googling stuff, like being like, okay, well, good for you. What happened here? But yeah, so I would give this, I would give it a generous three. Emotional connection. Also a three. I just didn't care very deeply about what was going to happen to either one of them. Like I said, they got a pang of sympathy from me when they had to leave each other. They got, they did get that from me at the end, but overall, I just, I, I wasn't worried about what happens after this. I just didn't, there was no, she's not watching the sequel guys. No, I'm not. Not this minute. Um, Would I recommend it? No, I wouldn't even recommend this to a film person. I think they would think poorly of me if I recommended this. You can't give it a zero. I know. It can have a one. 
Because I just wouldn't. I just, there is no person I can think of except maybe Katie. Yes, because she liked boyhood. She And she likes Ethan Hawke. She likes young heartthrobs, young 90s heartthrobs. But even Katie, I think, would struggle with this movie. She wouldn't be mean about it. She'd be like, oh, it was cute. But like, it wouldn't be groundbreaking for Katie. Poor Katie. We're we're talking about you. If you're listening to this, Katie, uh, we love you very much. And you can tell us if we're wrong. (laughs) Also, watch it and then we'll have you on the show and then we'll ask you specifically if you liked it and yes when you do a guest for another one yeah because I just but even then I think I would I would hesitate I would be like would I recommend this to Katie or I find another 90s Ethan Hawke movie that would be better we've already recommended it to her so it is (laughs) can't take it back she's the one message I love how every time I keep on just saying these things out loud I wish you guys can see this Kendra just like holds her face just because I what just... do I do? Because you know what this because you know for this, I this is one of those scenarios that really takes me back to high school where you would read it a book and they'd be like, explain to me every minute detail and metaphor and whatever is going on here. And you I got so good at bullshitting in high school. That was the main skill I took away from high school was how do I write an entire paragraph about something I believe nothing in it at all, but have to figure out. And that's what I feel for this. I could for you pick out some messages about how fragile love is or, you know, living in the moment, but it's a struggle to do that. Like I, I feel false. I feel like I'm bullshitting you. So I'm it's, it's also getting a one there. All right, for me, suspended reality. I I played a video game on my phone through the whole thing and like laughed at um, the leather jacket. So I'm going to give it also a two. Emotional connection. I did feel when they said they weren't going to see each other anymore and then they did have to separate. I, I, I felt for them. I like connected with them on that. So, okay, I'll give them a three as well. Would I recommend it to someone else? I would recommend it to someone else like Katie who liked Boyhood. But other than that, no. So I'm also going to give it a one. And then there was uh, there was nothing I took away from this. Maybe it's because I've, I'm over the conversations that they had, like monkey sex and whatever the fuck else they talked about, first love, connection, whatever. Maybe it's because it's not 1995 anymore and those conversations are old news. But yeah, I, I didn't walk away from this, you know, evolving and changing and having a new perspective of anything. No. So also one. So that leaves me with a 1.75 and you have a two, which averages us out at me having a 3.47 and you having a 4.44 and combined that's a 3.96. And just so you have some perspective, the Godfather got 9.3, do the right thing got 9.8. This has a 3.9. So we do like other films. We're not yeah. We're not monsters. And I also like to think that we're not influenced by it. Like the whole point of the podcast is there are these movies that people have decided are great. Just collectively yeah. throughout the years, critics, you know, film buffs, whatever it is. And I don't like being influenced by that. I don't. Mm. That's why seeing reviews sometimes before I go see movies is always kind of disheartening mm-hmm. because you go in with expectations. Whereas this, I really didn't have any. I knew what it was about. I knew it was on the list. Beyond that, that's it. And 
And so these do end up being our honest opinions. And had I watched it at a different time when I was in love, would I feel differently? Maybe, maybe I'd watch that and go, oh, like this is so, you know, this is reminiscent or like there are so many things that can change your perspective. But at the end of the day, we're doing the podcast about the time we watched it and what our thoughts were. And we welcome you to disagree with us. Mm -hmm. Tell me why I was wrong. Tell me why the directing on this deserved a higher mark. Yeah. Linklater, if you're out there. I would love at some, if if people end up listening to this podcast, I would love, you know, if people actually sent us, you know, a solid argument or anything and just had an episode of just reading out what people wrote to us. Cause I feel like there's, you know, everybody watches movies. That's why we made this podcast. But I think a lot of people probably have solid opinions and really good point of views. And I would love to know and then share it with the rest of you as well. If there is any of you. Yeah, that's hopeful. Hopeful at this point. Whatever. Whatever. So the okay. final thing is yeah, the Bechtel test. Yeah. No, it doesn't pass. Nope. There wasn't even another named woman. Exactly. I mean, if the if the hand palm reader had a name, then it would pass, but she doesn't. Would so. it? I don't think they talked about it for that long. I think mm-hmm. she's talked at her. Like I don't know if that That's was a true. dialogue. Well, she did say yes and no. I yeah, guess not. Yeah. Whatever. Loosely. Loosely. Yeah. But yeah, no. Right. Did not pass the test of were Bechtel. there enough women in this movie? There wasn't enough people in this movie. Yeah. Which made, you know what? Made Day Player pretty easy. I know. Because it was literally I'm, anyone else in the movie you could choose from. I'm curious about, because like immediately I was like, oh yeah, Kendra and I are going to have the same Day Player of the day. But the Day Players are actually pretty sick in this film. Yes. Like I, I would agree. really liked almost all of them. Yes. Which brings us into our day player of the day segment where both Allison and I are actors in Toronto and often get to play smaller roles in mostly American productions because they will often fill out those those smaller roles with with Canadians as they film here and we don't think they're appreciated enough so this is the segment called day player of the day where we honor one of the actors in the film uh who maybe had a small part with but was not a small actor so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first uh I'll go first All obviously right. mine were the cow actors so Carl here I'm gonna butcher this name you ready Carl Bruchenweiger. Maybe if I say it with a German accent, it will. Yes. Carl Bruchenweiger and Tech Rubinowskitz. I, wow. I, I don't know which one was which, so I, I nominated them both. That's yeah, beautiful choice. Same? No. Oh, can I guess? Different. Poet? Yes. No. Palm reader? No. What? Who? I know. Even more Bartender? obscure. I went with the bartender. Weird yes. choice. I, I know it's a weird choice. It felt the smallest to me. It was. Of all of them, it felt the smallest, which in honor of appreciating the small roles. And I just thought the way this performer, whose name is Heyman Maria Butinger, Butinger, Butinger. <laughs> Give us a couple options. Make just, just in case, you know, <laughs> and none of them are right. Uh, I just thought that performance was, he felt to me like the bartender in that bar. And they were like, hey, buddy, you want a few lines in this? And just the decision making that he had to be like, okay, this ridiculous American who we already know, many of the people in this movie have very low opinions of Americans, came in and was like, I'll I'll mail you money. And this guy knows he's not getting the money back. He knows. But he sees the girl and he sees the guy and he's like, you know what? You two kids have fun. And there was just something about him coming to that decision in that moment where I was like, you nailed it. Also a shout out to the 
German couple having a fight at the beginning of the film because yes. I found out after because they don't have subtitles that they're fighting about he's reading the newspaper and it says in the newspaper that 70,000 women in the area are alcoholics and he says and you're one of them and then she loses her shit and <laughs> and I thought first they were awesome their fight yep. was extraordinarily realistic and uncomfortable and all those types of things and uh yeah I thought they were great too but I got to go with the cow actors they were made yes honorable mentions there's always room for those yeah the day players were shined in this film they really did because when yeah. you got one it was almost like a relief like not Kendra, not Kendra no, i don't mean it by the film <laughs> i don't mean i don't mean it in the that way i just source mean, came into the film she felt I mean like she had a visitor <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, who's this? But no, for the actors, it was a relief. It was like they talked to each other constantly. So a minute where they got a scene where there was someone else involved, I bet there was a moment of, whew, okay, it's not fully on my shoulders anymore. It, it, was, a, yeah. it was refreshing. I needed those. Could you imagine if they weren't there? How much longer this movie would have been? I've seen, I mean, Room was just, you know, a child actor and a, and a woman. That was really and good, though. That film was fucking awesome. So, yeah. yeah, I think two people can definitely hold it for a long time. Actually, when they left, I found the film to be really uncomfortable, which I thought I, that's a such an amazing movie. That, yeah. Um, because talk about shift when they left the room. I was like, dude, go back to the room. You guys are not safe out there. But anyway. Yeah. No, I, I was thoroughly impressed by all of the day players mm. in this film. Mm. And I think that brings us to the end of our episode. I sure do. It is eight and a half. And the title of that film is uh, spelled out with numbers, just in case anyone is needing to look for it. It is a 1963 film, and I have no idea what it's about. Hang on. <laughs> I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I'm going to read the synopsis, and it was going to be so seamless and professional. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to cut this all out. It's all good. <gasps> you take such good care of me. In the edit i want to have it known it's on record somewhere <laughs> even if it's on a cutting room floor <laughs> So the storyline of this one is Guido is a film director trying to relax after his last big hit. He can't get a moment's peace. However, with the people who have worked with him in the past, constantly looking for more work, he wrestles with his conscience, but is unable to come up with a new idea while thinking he starts to recall major happenings in his life and all the women he has loved and left an autobiographical film of Fellini about the trials and tribulations of filmmaking. That sounds actually quite good. I'm, I'm excited for it to be honest. It sounds like something we have, we would have a good grasp of yeah which is always helpful I yeah mean. yeah so uh we will see you next week with that film yes we will and until then keep watching movies keep watching movies bye bye i love bye. you miss you bye <laughs> bye